Welcome to Project Bradford interview. Episode 5, Matt Scott, Stealth. Recorded February 23rd, 2021. Released March 25th, 2021. There's not a point counterpoint. I like don't I wish don't know tennis. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's ever had their mind changed by Twitter. No, no. I thought about it. I, I couldn't find anybody. No. <laughs> oh. And admittedly there are things like, okay, this is the news article that was posted by a reputable news source, and now here's another news article posted by another reputable news source. And it's not that it happened on Twitter. It's just where they posted the link to their articles. And those two can provide deeper background. And it's one of the reasons I like reading the newspaper, Mm -hmm. even though it's now electronic, but reading that instead of the TV, because you get those longer backgrounds, bigger in depth, all that stuff. And while they might post the headline on Twitter and that pulls me in, who yeah. it's still can you read the headline yes and part of it is i subscribe to three newspapers electronically yeah i i'm in that camp too because i hate I, i'm one of the i'm one of the few people who ha- seems to hate the whole hang and go watch this little how-to clip or, or whatever, right. this this news clip on, on YouTube. I don't like doing that. I'm right. a much bigger fan of reading. I want to read something. I want to read an opinion or a, hopefully a, a semi-unbiased report on something. I want to read some facts, not what you think. And... You know, the last couple of years have been disappointing for me because I'm a huge news junkie, but I can't watch broadcast news anymore because there's no actual, or there's very limited reporting. Yes, there is. Like, it always cracks me up because when we started AV Nation, one of our biggest things was that we were providing commentary which is one of the things that I absolutely hate about broadcast news. <laughs> right. <laughs> is I don't want commentary in news. I want a reporting on the news. And I want to make up my own mind. I disagree that we're providing commentary. I think we're providing context. Yes. Yeah. But we were we when we started we were very much about getting yes. content context and commentary right right because my my opinion's always right so of course we had to publish that well yeah yeah that's why we started the whole thing tim just hasn't figured it out yet <laughs> that's why i keep signing his paychecks and don't argue about what his uh pay rate's gonna be no 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 just let him let him live in oblivion it's fine <laughs> but and and i agree with you on the on the youtube stuff and i'm I believe that news has gotten very soundbite-ish and it's been happening for years. And part of it is I, you know, when I used to watch the evening news, it was CBS with Walter Cronkite and then came on the Muppet show at seven (laughs) 30. 
and you know, I'm being dead serious, but that was, you know, like half my childhood was dinner, Walter Cronkite, Muppet Show, bed. Yep. And that doesn't happen. But now it's like there are certain videos I want to see that you can't find on the news. So you have to go to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I probably phrase that slightly aggressively. Yeah. And that's um, why I'm just making it right. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it it's, it's very much one of those things that when, you know, when I'm trying to figure something out, right. Or if I'm trying to troubleshoot an issue with my stove, you know, I want to see, I want to see a article on how to fix it. I don't want to watch the little, you know, 30 minute, Hey, this is George, your appliance, man. Let me show you how to fix your GE Frigidaire, whatever it is. Right. Stove. Um, I have to fast forward through all that stuff. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's, I think reading is a bit of a, a lost art even. Like I took yeah. to, I made a conscious decision about two years ago because I realized that the only reading I was doing was either news or tech related something, whether it was a review on something, whether it was uh, general news on tech, whether it was a product manual, it, everything yeah. was very work related. It wasn't for enjoyment. No, no, there was no reading for enjoyment. Yeah, I have cut down on the hair product because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> hey, where I go, I put I a shirt on today, places. you know, because I was recording. So it's already a good day. That yeah, is a good day. I have to put on a shirt because it's cold up here. I make myself put on real clothes to go to work in my home office. It does help. Yeah. I am not a. I cannot come down here. I'm I'm in my my home office right now. I can't come down here in like, you know, a t-shirt and sweatpants and be productive during the day. I can do it yeah. at night. Like I if if I if I'm behind on something or if I'm trying to get ahead on something, I can pop into the office at, you know, nine o'clock at night after the kids go down and get stuff done like that. You know, and slippers and the whole the whole middle aged man thing. Do you have like a dressing robe? Not a not a bathrobe, a dressing no, I, robe I've or a dressing never, gown. No, I've never had a dressing robe or a dressing gown. I haven't had a bathrobe in years. Um, I don't think I've had one since I've been married. Yeah, no. No, although my son got Yeah, but the, what day is it? It's we have an analog calendar on the refrigerator that we cross the days off so that we know. <laughs> well, I was talking to someone yesterday and I had mentioned that I was out doing something I'm like you're out. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, When did your, when did your, you know, stay at home order end? Like, I mean, it was like, it was Tuesday. And they're like, well, that was a week ago. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. And it's not because I'm, you know, just sitting at home every day, but it's, the the routine is gone but so i've been thinking about that it's not just the routine's gone mm -hmm. but i think it's also streaming of video content 
has made oh, yeah. days of the week not important because people used to be have to be home for Monday night football, have to be home for Dallas on Friday nights, have to be home for Cheers on Thursday. And now it's like, yeah, it's like, yes, you know, Mandalorian and WandaVision, those are kind of, yeah, have to see those the night, but that stuff has come back. And I think that is, that aspect is pushing some of this like must-see TV back to reality. And I, I would argue it probably started with Game of Thrones. Right. And I think it, it, but it was, this is Sunday night. So then you knew it was Sunday. Yes. But now, you know, if I want to watch BattleBots, I don't have to watch it on Thursday night. We can watch it on Saturday. Yeah. And so it doesn't, you don't need to keep track of those days as much. And even if you watch it the same day, you probably don't watch it the same time. Like we don't ever sit down to watch anything that starts at 8 a.m. or sorry, 8 p.m. on any given night because we're putting kids to bed. Right. So we might watch something that is on a on a Tuesday. Is today Tuesday? Today's Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday. My computer um, says so. Yeah, that's what I just looked at. So we might sit down on a Tuesday to watch something that is on Tuesday, but because we're not watching it at eight o'clock on Tuesday, we're watching it at ten thirty and just watching that PVR recording. Right. It still doesn't matter. It still doesn't give you that that time clock of, oh, this is what day it is. And, and I, since I would you- also argue that so many traditional events that make up my life, your life, you know, there's conferences I, I've gone to for 25 years that I haven't been to in a year that like, we've got one coming up that we normally go to um, the first week of March that we can't go to. And it'll be streamed and we'll watch it a little bit and all that other stuff. But if I'm physically not there or I don't travel to go there, I want you to think that I'm going to dedicate the same amount of time to it, but I won't. Right. I can't because I'm not there. So let me ask you probably a more serious and much more difficult question. Okay. Would you go to ISC or Infocom? So it's not a yes or no answer. And I'll tell you why. It is a yes answer with restrictions. Okay. Or with a caveat. And the okay. caveat is, if I could go to ISE the way I always go to ISE, which is drive to Detroit, drive to Toronto, jump on a plane, fly over, mask or not, I don't care. That, that's inconsequential at this point land in Barcelona, jump in a taxi or an Uber and go to the hotel and then go to the trade show. Yes, I probably would. Now, the caveat to that being currently, I can't do that. I have not checked what Barcelona's entry requirements are currently. I know for the UK... Uh, it had come out, I think last week that no one can get in from the UK until they reach something like a 70%, um, vaccination level. Right. So if we use that as a barometer, a barometer, I should say for 
Canada that I can fly into Barcelona if Canada reaches a 70%. I won't be going to Barcelona for the next two and a half, three years because <laughs> we are so behind in right. vaccinations. But then um, at the same time, if you were coming back from Barcelona and you had to quarantine. The yeah. It's the, it's so starting as of um, Thursday last week, not only do you have to quarantine into Canada with your, you know, take a test 72 hours before you uh, get on the plane, all that jazz. Um, you now have to isolate. And I've been through this. I've done the isolation at home where I can't leave my house. I'm, I'm not supposed to be in my front yard. I can be in my backyard, but I can't be in my front yard. All, all those uh, rules. And I'm being very diplomatic on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done that. That was okay. It's it's why we took the whole family when we went to Florida for for the funeral was so that when we came back, the whole family could isolate together. It was right. the the lesser of two evils. For me to go to Barcelona and quarantine upon return for two weeks in a government mandated hotel at a cost of north of two thousand dollars out of my pocket. Not to mention lost wages, lost time, lost time with my family, all that other jazz. I'm not going to do that unless someone makes the case for why me going to Barcelona is a incredibly substantial reason, which I don't believe like Mike Blackman could call me directly and asked me to do it. And I don't, I'm not sure I'd see the upside of that just due to those isolation rules. The same applies for Infocom in Orlando and before Infocom, Cedia in Indiana. I'm being told that Cedia is going to go off in September. And I got asked last week if I was going to come. I said, well, Biden currently has a seven day quarantine upon entry. So that means I come in for, let's say a day of the show. Cause it is drivable for me. Yep. You want me to drive in or fly in or whatever for one day. That's seven days on the front end. And I've got to get a hotel, right? Yep. I've got to do that. I've got to pay for food to be delivered and all that other jazz. So I've got to isolate for seven days. So there'll be a cost to that. So we can kind of safely assume minimum a thousand dollars. Yeah. US. Go to the show for a day. Or a couple of days at this point, it doesn't matter. But go to the show for a day. And then drive, fly, home, whatever. Get home. Again, have to isolate in a hotel for two weeks. And not a nice hotel. Like not it. They're not bad hotels, but they're not nice hotels. I've stayed at one of them that that's at Pearson. I, I wouldn't stay there on purpose. Right. It's and utilitarian. Seen, yes. And I've seen the food they're delivering and making accessible. Yeah. It's not like, that's not what I do. That's not how I eat. Right. I don't think that you can make me the case that there's a huge upside to doing that 
that's that's three weeks that I can't really work. I'm sure I could do some stuff, but it's three weeks that I'm away from my family. It's three weeks I'm away from work. It's three weeks where I'm stuck in a hotel room. Like I watched, I don't know if you saw it, but I watched um, a bunch of the coverage of the tennis players at the Australian Open because yeah. they had to quarantine for for uh, two weeks before they could yep. play. It looked terrible. Yeah. And they were being taken care of. Yeah. But it looked terrible. Even even Fetter in his like ridiculous suite did not look good, did not look enticing at all. And part of it's you're in one room for two weeks. Yeah. You're going to go stir crazy. You're going to go ab- yeah. Man, I, I was in my house for two weeks and went stir crazy. Yeah. Like there just comes a point where like I, I don't. And again, I, I'm not, <laughs> I am by no means equating the two. They are not equal at all. But it gave me even a minor glimpse as to how terrible prison must be. Yeah. Like, and again, I'm not equating it. I did not go through that. <laughs> no, and it's, but like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a restriction no matter what. It's a restriction. I, I, I really want to go to ISC. I missed ISC this year. I, I want to be able to go to Infocom. I want to be able to go to Expo. CD Expo. I don't, I don't see it happening. And it's not because I don't support the channel. It's not because I don't support the show. It's, it's because I can't justify a quarantine for like, we're trying to Fiona. My, my wife hasn't seen her mother since the funeral. And if you can imagine how hard that is to essentially be an only child, have her mom now be alone and not being able to get her because she was supposed to be up here um, in like a month and not necessarily knowing if we can even get her up here, let alone us going down there. If I'm going to put up with isolation or quarantine or whatever, with all due respect to the people that run those shows, I'm going to do it. So my wife can see her mom. I'm not going to do it. So I can go walk a trade show floor. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of conversation about what that show is going to look like, or any of those shows are going to look like. And if you have to be vaccinated, if you have to have, you know, tests done every day or, or whatever, I don't think those are real big sticking points for people. I don't think they will be. But if you have to quarantine, coming in or coming out, those are sticking points. And there there will be people who travel internationally for them. But it's not going to be a, hey, we're going to grab the team and we're going to fly over from the UK to come to Orlando as nice as Orlando will probably be in October. <laughs> the weather will be nice. The weather will be light delightful. Um, I don't 
for my business, it's not worth it. For Omega, there, there's not, the value is not there. And I don't think there, I really don't think there's anything they can do to make it valuable unless they're going to pay for that time. <laughs> right. So, Mr. Labuskus, if you're listening, that's yeah. the that's and- point. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of your points, mm-hmm. but so like I've been thinking about, will I go to Infocom? Cause it's less than 10 miles from my house. Yep. And where it starts to get interesting is the actual physical logistics. Mm-hmm. So like if someone gets a 10 by 10 booth and you're supposed to still stay six feet away, you're standing in the aisle. Yeah. And then how do people stand six feet away from you? So I would, I, 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 the logistics are incredibly challenging. Yeah. But I would offer, and I, I sort of know how it is in Florida. I spent a little bit of time there a couple of months ago. Um, here, and we, again, we just came out of stay-at-home orders. So we've been open for a week today. Yeah. Um. I was in today. I was in a Lowe's and I was in a grocery store and I was at a gas station and then some clients. Um, There are people doing their best to maintain some level of distance. And there are a vast variety of people who really give no, no notion to that at all. And no matter where you fall on that debate, and I don't really want to debate that, but it is shocking to me how hard, especially up here, because we have like Canada as a whole and Ontario as a whole have hammered this issue significantly stronger than I'm making a general assumption they have in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. I can, I can uh, definitely attest to that. I'm sure. Yes. They're not doing it here. There is no, like there's one, one retailer I go to for some miscellaneous things. And I kid you not, every checkout terminal has a 24 inch wide piece of plexi in the middle of the terminal. It goes straight up, you know, four feet, three and a half feet. And the cashier will if 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 this is the glass hey sir how are you what can i get you yeah every time and again not here to debate that but we saw it or at least i saw it at infocom the official or i'm sorry at ISE last year the official rule was elbow bump the knee shake or the foot thingy or whatever it was. And there was a bunch of people who didn't shake hands. There's a bunch of people who wouldn't elbow bump or fist bump or foot shake or whatever the heck it was. Um, And there was a bunch of people who hugged and it like, and it ran the gamut and I view it kind of the same as, you know, I view, masks a lot of times whether i want to wear it or whether i believe it works or or whatever doesn't really matter if you do 
and you would prefer I wear one, and you being the general populace, then what's the harm in me doing it? If staying six feet away, whether I personally believe that's true or not, if that is the social acceptable norm, then why not do it? So when you start looking at a show in Amsterdam, in Barcelona, in um, Orlando, in Indianapolis, where and how are you going to design that booth? To like I, I haven't been to a trade show in a typical like Matt from Omega is at a trade show in six or seven years. Right. The majority of my trade show work anymore is press. Right. And, you know, so my experience in a booth is a little different than most people's anymore because I'm not walking in trying to find a rep and, you know, doing a little close conversation. Um, I'm doing a tour or doing a, you know, whatever, an, an interview in some way, shape or form. And, like, how are we going to, how would we shoot an interview effectively in heck, forget a 10 by 10, you know, in a 20 by 20, yeah, how many, cool. how many booths are set up to where we can show up with a camera person or we can put a set of sticks out, you know, that's already six feet, give or take yep. because of angles. And then I'm going to interview someone way over there and take up a 30-year booth for an interview. There, there are times that, that that would not be a problem at all, depending on whose booth you're in or what right. time of day it is. But like we've done in some of the bigger booths, which I don't have to name who they are, we've done walking tour shoots where we've got five, six handlers just trying to keep people out of the way so we can actually move through the booth as we're doing an interview. Yeah. So I get why they're trying to do the show. I understand why they need to do the show for a, a, a variety of reasons. Um, I'm not hearing a ton of confidence from manufacturers about it. I'm not hearing a ton of confidence from most people about going to it and you know take i'm trying to think what the numbers are on infocom 40,000 ish 40,000 yeah so is it going to be a successful show if only 20,000 people attend will 20,000 people attend even including exhibitors i don't know and the thing that that is that is the unique wrinkle for me mm -hmm. is the new video displays, new loudspeakers, things that you can't tangibly have to see. Yes. Yep. And I I'm with you. You know, the the I can expose myself to the risk for a day and see eight things yep. or have eight days of exposed risk to see one a day. And it becomes an interesting statistics game at that point. Yeah. It, it's something where, because we've talked about this a little bit internally on, on different things of, you know, 
Because when you start doing tracing, right? If you start paying attention to tracing and even just thinking through how tracing works, right? And we had to do this extensively for some stuff at our at our church where, you know, during a lot of this, we had to limit who came in for different things because, well, I see X number of people as a rule in a day. I right. mean, X number of businesses or homes in a day. What does my circle look like versus someone else's circle or versus, you know, somebody who services these machines who's in 25 buildings, public buildings every day? Well, no, maybe they shouldn't be coming out. So even internally, we've looked at a couple of things and gone, you know, we really should, I should run up to Toronto to go see this device or this thing or that widget because there's one in Toronto I can go look at. Well, how many people has that person been talking to on a weekly basis? Yeah. And do I do that or do I have them just send me the demo and I play with it? And, you know, the, I think the hard thing of any show is that unless you are a major player, you're not going to get a speaker manufacturer to send you three models to, to play with, especially if you don't buy from them already. Right. Like it, it, we've talked about that aspect of, of business multiple times. I do like my house of worship business is almost exclusively consulting these days. We help churches solve their tech issues. So we recommend a litany of products that I've got hands-on experience with, but I don't buy anything right. in that vein to, that much anymore. So when I go to enter your you know console manufacturer and I want to test that new desk that just came out, they're not shipping me one. It doesn't matter. We're not this massive firm that they know. We don't buy a thing from them ever. They'll sell it to me, but I can't return it. So then I got to try and sell it. That's where the shows are so fantastic and so effective. But as I said, today, I, the upside isn't there. Like, like you and said, I want it, it to be. That's the hard thing is I really want it to be, but I can't justify it. And as you said, if you have to spend $2,000 of your own money to quarantine and the piece of equipment you really want to see costs $1,500, just buying it and is cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because I can probably resell it. Yeah. Within a couple of weeks. Like it's, I don't think, I keep hearing that this is going to completely change the trade show industry and I don't believe it will. I don't think it'll be this massive shift. I do think it will mold the way trade shows are run. And I hope to see the, the virtual aspect continue. I hope to see the education be available, not in person, because that's been archaic. That you've got to fly halfway around the world to sit in on a class. There's no method to record that. 
especially in our industry. That's what we stinking do. As you now have me soapboxing. Um, yep. That was your that was your whole goal, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I was just looking for good conversation that'll make Tim go. I can't believe Matt said that. Yeah, Matt said it. It's okay. So should we put in the disclaimer of you know, you and I are voicing our opinions and aren't speaking for AV Nation? Sure. Because we're not. Yeah, we're not. But and we shouldn't have just to in say case you should know that. But yeah. if you don't, yeah, this is we not have an just AV Nation said. opinion. This is a yeah. Matt. This is a great opportunity for that trade show industry to continue to evolve. And I think if we view it that way and we find a, a way to make the model work and you find a way to capitalize on it, profit on it, like I get it. That's what you're there for. And anyone who disagrees doesn't understand how to run a business. Like, Shows are there to make the showrunners money. Like everything we do to some degree is there to feed you. It's okay. It's cool. We're coin operated. Yeah. There are some really good things that we can pull out of this. And that, you know, we talk about it all the time that if COVID did anything for us, it, it showed all of these clients in, in the corporate world that we've talked to for years about remote work and video conferencing and, you know, heck, the court system, how you don't, I was dealing with a lawyer this morning. Today, finally, you can go speak to a motion in 15 minutes, which is fantastic versus a year ago when you as the lawyer had to show up, drive to the courthouse, park, pay for parking, go through security, get out of security, go find a restroom because it's been an hour. Go find the courthouse you're supposed to be in, the courtroom you're in. Go sit down, wait for your docket to be called. Could be two minutes, could be four hours. Stand up, speak for five minutes to your docket. Sit down, leave. Don't go back to the bathroom because you haven't left the courtroom in four hours. Go home, get back to the office, whatever. Charge your client six hours of your billable time because you can't do anything. And the bailiffs won't let you run a computer inside a courtroom, right? Versus now where you can sit in and in 15 minutes, you can speak to your case, speak to your docket. That's fantastic. They better not stop that. Yeah. The productivity has gone through the roof, which is Awesome we can figure out how to do this in well, not devaluing attending in person in the future. Right. Yeah. There, there are really good things we can pull out of this as long as we're aware of it. Because at the end of the day, no matter how good this is, and this is pretty good. I've got you up on a 16 screen. It's essentially like you're six feet apart from me at a table. Yeah. It's really good. It's a yep. good experience. But I'd still rather be sitting around a table, eating dinner with you, talking like this. We're at that point where as good as digital is, in-person is still better. Yeah. And it will, it will be better for the foreseeable future. Come at me, all you virtualists who think we you know, can do this digitally. 
I think there are certain things we can do digitally better than we can do in person. I would agree. And I think a lot of it is acceptance by the users. So for instance, doing an online design review is very possible, Mm -hmm. but everyone has to buy in and look at the drawings ahead of time and come prepared with notes and all that stuff. And then having an, an online meeting is much harder because people all talk at the same time and it's not always organized and collaboration becomes difficult. Yeah. I, I will say that I did a, I actually did a design review this morning with a client and we have done a bunch of virtual reviews in process as we've, as we've progressed to the final. And I asked them, you know, do you want to, you want to do this one virtually? You want to do this one in person in your space? And they're like, Oh, if you can come out, that'd be great. And obliged we did went out got it done and you know i kind of asked them at the end you know what was your what was your take on doing it virtually versus in person why do you want to do this this last meeting in person like well one we want to see you it's been a while that'd be nice to you know now that we can yeah. kind of get it let's do it so i'm all good with that I, I agree um anything else I said well as good as the digital was, there's still that, you know, looking at the space, looking at the drawing, looking at the space, looking at the drawing and being able to instantly ask you something and have you be able to be there and go, yeah, you know, when you look at that in person and like, again, we were fully digital. This was a full 3d render. We're moving it around. We're, you know, investigating different angles and different things. Like, I wouldn't want to do this just on paper. So the fact that you had, you know, not just the screenshots of it, but you had the model here. So we could look at the model and then look at the space. We didn't get that from digital yet. I'm like, yeah, I get it. There are, and again, in this situation, we're in the space. It's not a true full conceptualization. Right. right? So, I saw I saw your wheels turning. <laughs> yeah, but it's like for instance, for me, the projects I was working on, if going out to the space the would be a yeah. pile of dirt and possibly a bulldozer. Exactly. Yes. No, I get that. Um, but there still is, and I think part of it is also that, like, we'll have to circle back to this conversation in a year. Not to say we shouldn't have one before that, but we'll have to circle back to this in a year. If the rest of 2021 gets somewhat back to normal, because I think right now the huge desire to go to, to go to a show, to do a design review in person is partially because you want to go to the show in person and partially because you want to see the design review in person. But it's also the fact that, you know, again, especially up here, it's been a stay at home order for the last six weeks. So people want to get out. They miss people. They miss interacting with someone other than their grocery clerk who they, well, now they know, but yeah, beforehand they did not know. Um, you're seeing 
like I'm talking to neighbors outside that not that I don't ever talk to, but it's the, Hey, how are you? Good to see you. And now it's a 20 minute conversation because nobody's seen anybody. So that desire to have a face to face quote unquote real interaction is greater. Come, come summertime, get through fall, you know, come back to it and we'll see. But right now is not, the feeling is not much different than how this, how an interaction would feel in March. Where up here, typically, you know, during the winter, most people hunker down a little bit more, right? You're not seeing people, people aren't outside cutting grass. They are for you, but up here, they shovel snow. That's all they do. So you don't always have those huge interactions and those big conversations because you're inside in the winter. So come, come spring, when you first start to see the robins or the trees starting to bud, everybody gets outside and, you know, in the neighborhood, there's people everywhere and you're going, Hey, good to see you. I haven't seen you since December. Um, right now that's kind of the feeling. And that's part of the feeling that I feel with trade shows is that there's such a desire to see people again that whether they think it's safe or not, or what have you, the big push is there from at least the attendees because they just haven't seen anybody in forever. They haven't gone anywhere. Like I, this is the longest I haven't been on a plane in gosh, 10, 15 years. Yeah. This is the I have no I idea what to do with border. myself. Like this is the longest I haven't crossed the border since I was a kid and a young kid. Like it, I would cross the border once minimum, once every other month for something. Well, now that you're middle age, it takes you longer to get across the border. Oh yeah. Yeah. The stroller, uh, the walker's really slowing me down, but so speaking of seeing each other. Yes. I know we've been talking for quite a bit and it's been very enjoyable and lots of yes. places we should, we could go and still split off. Maybe I'll have you back before next year. That would, be uh, nice. but if people want to find you yes. or your company or pit your enemies, your friends, where can people find you? I don't believe I have any enemies at the moment. Oh yeah, you do. Send me a list. Um, yeah. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D Scott. Uh, I'm on, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. Uh, mostly under that name kind of bounces around a little bit, depending on where it is. Uh, you can Google me. I'm sort of easy to find on the Google. So you can find me on aviation.tv. You can find me at Omega audio video.com. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for taking the time and talking. Of course. Anytime, my friend. Project Bradford is released under a creative commons attribution, share alike non-commercial license. Music by Kim Bookbinder is excluded from our creative commons license. Project Bradford is a production of Advisist Group, LLC, and is distributed by AV Nation Media. Bloopers. We got my son a, uh, or my mother got my son a dinosaur bathrobe. And I need last... one. Huh? I need one now. I'll find out who makes it and I'll, we'll find it for you. Um, and he loved it and still does. But... The last two, three months he's transitioned 
to, or he's grown to the point where he can now take a shower by himself. So he no longer needs help. So he's graduated from baths to showers by himself. And I get this text from my wife um, after his first shower by himself. And he puts on his dinosaur bathrobe and he, he looks up at his mom and he goes, mommy, this is now a shower robe. <coughs> and I came home and after she had texted me, I'm like, Hey, where's your, where's your bathrobe? He's like, it's a shower robe, daddy. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. The joys of kids. <laughs> and now I'm going to call mine a shower robe. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you took a bath? See, it's not a bathrobe. 